I'm Steve Service, and this is the Art of Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Fitness. I'm Steve Service, and today I'll be answering questions submitted to me by the growing community in my subscription service called the home gym some people are calling it the art of fitness home gym some people are calling it services home gym anyway it's my home gym and um, on a daily basis Monday through Friday I I upload a video that includes the daily programming um, of the day whether it be strength endurance conditioning hypertrophy a combination of some or all of those on a daily basis you get detailed programming and and instruction instruction of the movements that we'll be working with on any specific day um, and with that instruction also comes equipment modifications for those of you who might be on the road finding yourselves in hotel rooms for those of you who are finding yourselves coming to fitness after a very long hiatus or um, after having never partic participated in any sort of fitness programming at all. So perhaps you're working out in your living room watching these videos on YouTube via your television or your smartphone, or your laptop, or your desktop computer, or your tablet, and you don't have any equipment, well, I give you modifications on the day on how you can best complete this workout or these workouts and properly set up and execute these movements with things that you might find around your home. Um, broomsticks, cans of soup, uh, my favorite are milk gallon jugs or w water gallon jugs. And, um, and I teach you how to use those items to complete the workout that I lay down for you on the day. But having said that, let's go to these questions. There's a few. There's some from, there's many from the growing community. And then there's some from people who haven't started yet and who just um, listen to this podcast and want some answers, which is cool too. Question number one. Steve, I've joined the home gym. Do I have to start on day one? Um, no, you do not. In fact, day one isn't even up there anymore. Don't panic. You didn't miss anything. Here's how I'm doing this. On any given day, um, any given week, I'm going to keep between two and three weeks of workouts up before I drop off a week. Okay. The reason why I do that is twofold. One, I want you to consistently think about moving forward. And two, this is the big one. All right. Full disclosure. I don't want you to cherry pick workouts. So say you've been a member for three weeks and something comes up and you're like, oh, that's, that sounds terrible. Or that sounds boring. Or, I don't feel like doing that. I really want to sweat today. Um, I'm going to go back and do an older workout. I don't want you to do that. I want you to consistently move forward. And there's a reason. The reason being is because although you do not have the big picture, 
you're getting these workouts on a daily basis. I do have a big picture. And one is following the other for a very specific reason, okay? Sometimes you have a very difficult day with strength and a very difficult day with conditioning. And perhaps I want to build in a... I want to build in an active recovery day where we're only focusing on hypertrophy or we're only focusing on something that you can complete to fully lush, flush out lactic, lactic acid buildup that you might be getting from delayed onset muscle soreness from things you did two days ago. There's a reason why I don't want you to cherry pick and there's a reason why I don't want you to go back and do your favorite one. I want you to consistently move forward. I want you to consistently think about what it, what, what it is you're doing today and what is coming tomorrow, okay? Um, so no, you do not have to start at day one. That's a great question. Um, in fact, I don't think day, day one through five isn't even up anymore. Um, and I stopped calling them days. I'm just numbering them. And I believe we're up to 0028. But thank you for that question. Next question. How can I maintain muscle while leaning out? This is a good question. Um, it comes down to diet, okay? There are several ways, but assuming that you're not in the business of taking any kind of uh, illegal steroids or hormones, there are things that you could do to think about muscle preserving and fat starving. When I say that, I mean... I don't want to call it dieting, all right? Because usually when people diet and they just go, okay, I'm just going to eat less, what happens is is that you're not changing your body composition. You're just becoming a smaller version of your former self because you will muscle waste, all right? But there are a couple of tricks that you could do. And I'm not a scientist, but these are tried and true in the gutter tricks that do have science behind them. All right. These aren't, this isn't bro science. You could, you could find these studies online that substantiates what I'm trying to say. First one, a lower carbohydrate, higher fat diet with moderate protein intake. And when I say moderate protein intake, please assume that I'm saying you're getting at least one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight, not per pound of total body weight, but per pound of lean body weight. All right. So you're maintaining even levels of protein intake. You're decreasing carbohydrate intake, so low-carbohydrate diet and a high-fat diet. This has been shown in studies to actually have an anti-catabolic effect on the body. Anti-catabolic effect meaning catabolism is when your body breaks muscle tissue down by the process of <clears throat> gluconeogenesis. You're going to break muscle fiber down in order to have that converted into sugars so you have glycogen in your muscles to make sure that they're triggering, okay? So high fat, low carb, um, sufficient amounts of protein has been shown to be a muscle preservation diet, not to mention a an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, also, you can think about your carbohydrate manipulation. If we're thinking about carbohydrate manipulation, we get into how to best utilize your body's natural hormone uh, hormones um, to your advantage for, for 
muscle preservation. So if you think I'm eating low carb, if you eat those carbohydrates around exercise, you're going to get a, a dump of insulin at that moment. So when you're breaking muscle tissue down in the gym and at exercise, you're getting an influx of insulin and insulin is a very anabolic hormone. If you time those high glycemic carbohydrates, the intake of those, if you time those properly, and a good rule of thumb is if I'm going low carb, high fat, moderate protein in order to go into a muscle preservation mode, then I also want to take those carbohydrates and book them around the most activity that I have. So pre-workout carbohydrates, post-workout carbohydrates, okay? That's going to make sure that insulin is in abundance in your body. Insulin is an anabolic hormone. It's going to make sure that you're preserving muscle. Now, once again, I'm not a doctor, so please do this research for yourself. But I used to have athletes eat candy directly after a workout so they can get that, that big insulin dump because insulin is, is that anabolic. Anabolic meaning you're, you're really cranking up uh, the juice in terms of soft tissue repair. Um, also growth hormone. So growth hormone, when you're training metabolically, when you, when you're hitting the, um, the multiple pathways of muscular energetics within one single training session, you're getting a dump of soft tissue repairing hormones as it is, but also research. And I'm, I'm not a proponent of this. Um, I, I, don't really practice this practice, but there is substantial research that shows that intermittent fasting, which is like a fad right now, but intermittent fasting um, has a very high impact on growth hormone release at about the 16th to 18th hour of the fast. So if you think about breaking your fast with your high glycemic carbohydrates and immediately work out, well, you have a great deal of growth hormone floating through you. You have a great deal of insulin floating through you, as I just described. And then couple that with the types of fats that you take in. If you are eating a diet and making sure that you're getting high saturated fats, um, you're going to ensure that your, your testosterone production is also um, at peak levels naturally. So with that trifecta of growth hormone, insulin, and testosterone naturally floating through your body, given the, um, the techniques that I just described, you're going to have a very good chance of recompositioning recomp your body. So instead of just becoming a, f a smaller version of your former self, you have a higher chance of maintaining um, lean body weight, so muscle mass, and starving the adipose tissue or fat mass. Okay, question number three. How many days does it take to build muscle with whey protein? All right, I'm, I'm not going to pick on anybody, all right, because this is just, uh, this question is just, um, it just is, is so obvious how much misinformation there is out there. Whey protein, ladies and gentlemen, is not a muscle builder, okay? 
whey protein is just that. It's just protein. That's it. So are all proteins created equal? No, they aren't. You have plant-based proteins. You have animal-based proteins. You have milk-based pro- proteins like whey. Um, you have egg protein. You have several different types of proteins. Now, that you can ingest. That's all whey protein is, guys. Is It's a type of food, all right? It doesn't mean that because you're going to GNC or your local vitamin shop or wherever you pick this up, um, you know, online, wherever, just because it says whey protein doesn't mean that when you drink that, you're going to build muscle. That's all that is, is a substitute for, say, eating... Uh, six ounce steak. All right. It's the same. It's food. That's all. It is not a drug. It is not a bodybuilding supplement. Why bodybuilders use whey protein or whatever protein agrees with their digestive system doesn't have to be whey. Some people use plant-based proteins. Some people only like egg proteins because there's a high absorption rate. The reason why bodybuilders or athletes, um, use whey protein or any type of protein supplement on top of food is because they're using so much so many calories to be active in their sport or be active in their daily activity level that they physically can't force themselves to eat that much so they're supplementing their diet with having a shake to get a little extra protein in on the day to make sure that they're not muscle wasting. All right. Now, is that to say there are professional bodybuilders out there who never drink a protein shake? Absolutely. There are several. There are several out there who don't drink protein shakes. They probably won't tell you that because they're getting endorsement deals from these protein companies. But if you set three eggs next to four ounces of steak, next to four ounces of chicken, next to four ounces of fish, next to um, a cup of whey protein mixed with water, each one of those is going to give you approximately, please don't, don't strangle me for this, but approximately the exact same amount of grams in protein. Approximately, give or take five or 10 grams. Okay, but whey protein is not a magic pill for muscle building. I hope I answered that question. Next question. This is from a member of the home gym. Uh, Steve, I'm having trouble finishing some of the workouts. Is this bad? Should I finish the workout the next day before I move on? How, does, how should I handle this? Okay, listen. Um, it's okay. Look, if you're just starting out and I'm laying these workouts down for you and you're not able to complete them based on numerous things, you didn't say, well, maybe it's time constraint. Maybe it's um, too much volume for you at this point. Maybe uh, whatever it is, you're saying you're not finishing the workouts. I'm saying, who cares? Are you working within the capacity of what you can and cannot do? Are you pushing yourself to your limits on any given day? And I don't mean make, making sure that you're huffing and puffing and sweating. That, that's, 
that might be my limits, but that's not your limits. Maybe you are at a work capacity where you can only do a quarter of the workout before your back starts hurting or before you really are out of breath and it's starting to stress you out. Listen, I always say on every video, take inventory of yourself. If you're taking inventory of yourself and you're reaching a point of this is, isn't comfortable, then you need to stop. You need to stop and you need to rest. So the fact that you're stopping is awesome. That's a good thing. All right. Now, do you have to visit this workout tomorrow because you didn't finish it? No, it's not a punishment. It's not a punishment. Okay. This is to make you enjoy life. This is to make you better at living. So I don't want you to think about these workouts as punishment. If you are coming in and you're honestly saying, Jesus, I need to stop now. I got plenty of workout today. I'm stopping at a quarter of the way through this. I don't want you to feel ashamed that you couldn't finish it. That's not the point. Tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow you do the workout for tomorrow. And we'll see how far you can get. Now, through the process of really taking inventory of yourself and, and really listening to your body, through that process and really being honest with yourself on whether or not you brought your idea and your version of intensity to the workout on the day, and you're being honest with yourself with that, through that process, your work capacity will increase. It's a promise, Okay. That's a promise from me to you. If you're honestly giving it all you have and you're still making decisions to stop based on your safety and what makes you feel comfortable, no matter what, eventually your work capacity will increase and you won't have to stop early. In fact, you're going to celebrate with, uh, I guarantee you, you'll email me and celebrate saying, this is the first time I finished a workout. I feel fucking amazing because of that. And that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So no, you don't have to go back and finish the workout tomorrow. And you shouldn't feel ashamed that you didn't complete the workout. I'm laying these down. I'm giving scales. I'm giving equipment modifications. So based on those, I just want you to do your best. And your best will come out eventually. Your better will come out eventually. All right? Okay, a couple more. Steve, what happens if we don't exercise? Well, um, I, I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming that you're exercising quite a bit, <laughs> um, or at least it's part of your daily practice if you're asking me what happens if you don't. So that's good. High five. <laughs> um, what happens if we don't exercise? Well, much like what happens when we do exercise, our bodies are an adaptive organism, okay? We're, we're pretty great the human organism is pretty great at adaptation. So if you put adaptive stress on a body, okay, we're going to overcome that stress no matter what, consciously or unconsciously. If you continue to put a type of stress on the body, your body will adapt and overcome it. And that is the training effect in a nutshell. Now, because we're highly adaptive machines, if you decide not to work out and you decide to sit on the couch and just do nothing but surf Netflix and eat chips and ice cream, your body will adapt to that stress as well. And you will be less lean. 
your body being an efficient machine will bank all of those surplus calories that you're feeding it without any calorie expenditure whatsoever as adipose tissue. So you will gain weight in the form of fat um, because you're not putting your muscles, your, your, lean, your, soft, your lean tissue under any kind of adaptive stress. Your muscles will atrophy. And uh, basically, you'll be in a really bad situation if you don't exercise at all. So we're highly adaptive. If you put stress on the body, your body adapts to it by overcoming it. So your body's going to be awesome at exercise or it will be awesome at being a lazy ass. <laughs> no matter what, your body will win the adaptation game. Okay, final question. Um, how reversible is pre-diabetes? Yeah, so pre-diabetes, once again, I'm not a doctor, but the term pre-diabetes means you don't have diabetes yet. But, and a doctor won't sit there and tell you this, but if you continue down the path that you're on, where you're eating shit, um, you you are constantly hyper sugared and hyper insulin because of what you're putting in your mouth. You are not exercising to use those calories. You will eventually have type two di diabetes. So if you are asking me because of your diagnosis, I would say cut the shit, stop eating all the sugar. Stop sitting down, put the sugar away, start moving, and don't become diabetic. If you're asking for somebody else that you know who's been, quote unquote, diagnosed as pre-diabetic, um, tell them that it's absolutely reversible. That means they don't have diabetes yet, and they should cut the shit and stop eating all the sugar and start moving, Okay. Um, yeah, and forgive me for getting a little heated, but, um, just the language behind I've been diagnosed as pre-diabetic makes it sound like a real thing. And it's not. If you're diagnosed as a pre-diabetic, basically what they're saying is, is you're making really bad lifestyle choices. You're making bad choices. Being diagnosed as pre-diabetic doesn't mean that you will eventually become diabetic. That's hogwash. It's hogwash. And I'm sure there are several doctors out there who do live a fitness lifestyle. Um, there are several out there who will say that not only is, is uh, pre-diabetes, I, I don't even like saying it, pre-diabetes reversible, but also... Type 2 diabetes is reversible with diet, okay? Like I said, I'm not a doctor, but do your research. Prove me right or prove me wrong. Chances are you won't be able to prove me wrong on that one. Um, okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for submitting these questions. And as always, please feel free to keep them coming. I love answering them. Steve at theartoffitnesspodcast.com. And if you are becoming intrigued about this growing community in my home gym, you could go and check those out at Steve at the, I'm sorry, at 
www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com slash tutorials. If you go to that, that's the page that takes you to my home gym, and it's a subscription service. It's a subscription service. There's detailed information on that site. It is daily programming Monday through Friday, daily equipment modifications, daily instruction, all on HD video with me, um, and it is fun. It's fun, man. We're having a good time. Um, yeah, and you could take it anywhere, in your gym, in your home, or on the road. All right, guys, take care, and until next time, keep these questions coming, and stay fit, and don't become pre-diabetic. That would really piss me off. All right.